0: Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon.
1: Turn with me, if you would, tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We started this direction last night, and uh, there's more to add. And did you come to receive it? Yes. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two and verse five, excuse me, verse four and five. We'll start there. Paul was writing and he said in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Notice it's, it's interesting to note, he says, my my speech and my preaching isn't with enticing words of men's power. Meaning, evidently, there was speech and preaching out there like that. And he said that doesn't describe mine. there are, there are places that they preach and they teach, but it's it's with men's mentality. It it's sifting through it all. And and Paul said that's not that's not my ministry. That's not the way that the that that I flow in this. He said my speech and my preaching. Is in demonstration of the spirit and the power, and I like what he said in verse five that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Uh, Your faith shouldn't stand in what you can figure out, what you can calculate. Uh, I've learned this that we were talking about this in the back room after, around dinner for the last several nights, been talking about different facets of this, but we have got to quit thinking that for us to, when God wants to bring us into more, let's say He has another business for you, another home for you or something. We've got to quit thinking we've got to sell one to get one. That's men's thinking, you see. And not to say that He might not direct you that way, but we formulate a plan. And this is where we cheat ourselves. And we cheat the fullness of God's plan from coming to pass because we operate by our own wisdom and our own thinking about what we can figure out and calculate. Mm -hmm. And at times of when I have needed miracles, especially since my husband's home going and things needed to be done that only God could do. I knew this. It doesn't sit. It doesn't do any good to lay in bed at night and figure out how this could happen because the Bible says God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, yeah. His ways are higher than our ways. If we can figure it out, He's not using it. Why? Because His thoughts are higher than what we figure out. Right. His ways of operating is above what we can calculate, what we can mentally manage. And so I've decided I, if I, if I formulate a plan, then that dismisses God from being able to use it because he's not limited to my thinking. So I've decided I don't want to, I'm just not going to formulate a plan. I'm just going to tap into his plan. Uh, I was telling him last night that um, when my husband turned 70, God spoke to him and said, from your years 70 to 80, he said, you'll bear more fruit than all previous years of ministry put together. Now you understand that was at a time when he had almost been in the ministry 50 years. And so there was a lot of fruit that had been uh, gotten during those years. My husband traveled extensively. He went all the time. He loved to go. Uh, The faster the pace, the better he liked it. (laughs) And uh, So when he went home to be with the Lord at 72, I was reminded, I I guess I was about, I was 52 when he went home to be with the Lord. I'm 58 now. And uh, when I was about 56, I remembered that word that God said to him, that from 70 to 80, he would bear more fruit than all previous years put together. And I I decided I'm not willing to let that word drop. from 50 to 60 for me, I said, I'll gather that. I'll gather that. Amen. Now there is no way I could figure out how to gather that. Amen. That almost 50 years of him going and preaching and effective ministry, how could, how could in the remaining couple years of my 50s, How could that be fulfilled? And I just said, God, I just trust you to bring it to pass. I I have no idea how you planned to do it through him. And I certainly don't know how you plan to do it through me, but I'm just not willing to let my faith off that word. And uh, so about a year and a half later, we got one email and uh, it was TBN Russia. And they said, we want you to come on our network. And they invited us on There's 196 countries in the world. TV in Russia goes to 186 of them. And so with one email, we're in 186 countries. And things have just been accelerating at such a quick pace because God, what we think has to take a process, See, this is where we miss it. We do everything by process. Everything Once this happens, then this can happen, then this can happen. And we've got to realize that God's power can bypass the process. It can accelerate the process. It can use the process. It can accelerate it. It can change the way it functions and flows. But where do we, where do we limit things by thinking that it has to take the process? And uh, just in one email, God fulfilled that word to my husband and uh, fulfilled it. And then, uh, and then other networks have been contacting us, asking us to here in the States to come on. And so because of that, all it takes is one movement of God. Uh, the, you, remember, you remember the multitudes that were gathered to hear Jesus preach for several days, ran out of food? Jesus said, I'm not willing to send them home hungry. And, uh, he said, let's feed them. And what did the disciples do? He said, he a- he asked Andrew, not because he didn't know what he was going to do, but because he wanted to know what Andrew's, what Andrew's faith could believe. And so he said, uh, what, what should we do? And it says he already knew what he was going to do. And, uh, the, the different disciples said, well, there There's nowhere, we don't have enough money to buy food for all this. We don't even have a place to go to buy food for all this. What are they thinking? Natural process. Natural process. And uh, so I believe it was Andrew when he said, no, he asked Philip, where are we going to get it? And then it was Andrew who popped up and said, well, there is a little boy here. He's got a lunch. And he said, he's got some loaves and fish. And then he says, but see, he hit, he hit on it. But then he started thinking. And he goes, but what is that among so many? But he hit the answer and let go of the answer. And if we're not careful, uh, our spirits grab hold of the answer and our mind talks us out of the answer. And we lay down the answer and struggle and try to make things happen when we had the answer in our heart, yeah. but because our minds started calculating process, yeah. it could not calculate. And, and, and Jesus just held up the, the loaves and fish. Yeah. It says he looked to heaven and blessed it. It matters where you're looking All when right. you're holding not yes. enough. All right. uh-huh. See, Jesus was showing us how to deal with not enough. Right. What do you do? It matters where you look. Yeah. It matters where you look. If you're going to look at your checkbook, Uh, you're going to dismiss yourself. If you're going to look at your income earning ability, you're going to dismiss yourself. But if you're going to look at the one who has this power and has made it available to us, what happens is what is not enough becomes enough. How? Bypasses the process. Bypasses the process. And uh, so we see this that Paul said, "My my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of pa- and spirit uh, and power. That your faith should not stand in the process of man's mind. All right. yeah. Couldn't we say it that yes. way? Yeah. But that your faith should stand in the power of God. The power of God will jump all over process. It will le- leaps and bounds go past process. It will accomplish what you could never figure out in a moment." that power can do it. Amen. And he said that your faith doesn't just stay, your faith doesn't stay connected to what you can figure out, but your faith is connected to what power can do. Amen. 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 Say that. I believe, I believe in the power of God. In the power of God. Yeah. That means we're going to have to quit believing in our, the power of our income. Yes. We're going to have to believe in the power of God. Now, Dad Hagen had an occasion when Jesus appeared to him and talked to him, and he said this. He said, when I was on the earth, I was the power of God. He said, if people needed power, they had to get to where I was. And he said, that's why the multitudes thronged me, because they recognized that power was with me. Mm -hmm. And he said, but now that the Holy Ghost is in the earth and present, Everywhere. Power is present God. everywhere. Amen. Well, do we have scripture for that? Acts 1 8. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so the Holy Ghost is everywhere. He's in your house. He's in your car. He's at your place of business and not because you're saved, but because He's everywhere. But because you're saved, you have an additional bonus. He's in you. He's not just in your kitchen. He's in you. He's not just in your car. He's in you. He's everywhere. That's why anyone can get saved anywhere, healed anywhere, delivered anywhere because there's power present everywhere. I got saved in my car. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in my car. God told me I was going to marry the man I married in my car. Uh, I prayed through the house, one of the houses that we we had in California, in my car. When I God told me who my God told me what to do regarding my son of who he would marry in my car. Uh, so when I need to hear from God, where do I go? Yeah. To my car.
0: <laughs>
1: Learn divine patterns in Amen. your life. If I go to my car, can I force God to talk? No, but I can sure let him know I'm in my car if you want to say something. How can I hear from him in my car? There's power in the car. There's power in the car. And why? Because power's everywhere. So that means we're not limited to coming to church. We don't have to wait to come to church to get our help to get our answer. Learn to become skillful with the power that's present in you, the power that's present around you, the power that is present wherever you're at. Learn to become skillful with that and give action to that power. Jesus went on and said to Dad Hagen, he said, there is enough sick room, excuse me, there's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room if they only knew it was present and would give it action. So that power requires two things, our knowledge. We have to know it's present. Number two, we have to give it action. JUST BECAUSE POWER IS PRESENT DOESN'T MEAN IT'S MOVING. IT DOESN'T MEAN IT'S IN MANIFESTATION. THAT MEANS THAT THERE'S POWER ENOUGH TO MEET ANY need YOU'RE FACING RIGHT WHERE YOU'RE AT, WHETHER IT'S AT HOME OR AT THE BUSINESS, WHEREVER YOU'RE AT, BUT FOR IT TO FLOW AND BLESS YOU, YOU HAVE TO BRING IT INTO MANIFESTATION. SO WE TALKED LAST NIGHT ABOUT HOW TO BRING THE POWER INTO MANIFESTATION. WE FOUND OUT THIS, THAT WORDS OF FAITH IS WHAT STRIKES THE POWER OF GOD AND CAUSES IT TO FLOW every time you release your faith, power always flows. Always. And that power can be unseen and unfelt. It doesn't matter that it's unseen and unfelt. Just because you don't see it and just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not flowing. And we limit things and we limit God when we only acknowledge and attach our faith to what we feel of His movement and what we can see of His movement. But God is, and in, in, uh, He's authorizing us that even if you don't see power moving, even if you don't feel power moving, you can attach your faith to the power that's present and it will move. Amen. Know this, every time you release your faith, power always moves. Always. Always. And if we will apply that power long enough to our situations, then it will start changing the situations and manifestations will happen. What do you mean apply the power long enough? Well, go ahead and put a chicken breast that's uncooked in the oven for about 30 seconds. You applied power to it, but you don't want to eat it. Why? Not enough power on it. The power hadn't been on it long enough to make the difference, right? Yeah. And, uh... Uh, Some of y'all, especially some of y'all that are real good cooks, you know, at at holiday time, Thanksgiving time or Christmas time, some of you may cook your turkeys like in three hours. Mm. My mother took hers and she cooked hers like 14 hours. She put it on real low, real low. And that and that way it didn't dry it out and she put all this stuff in it and it was just as tender as it could be but she would put it on low for a long time. Mm-hmm. What, when you need, when yeah. you need something from God you don't want power on low for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you determine yeah. the measure of power that flows yeah. by the measure of speaking you do, the measure of releasing faith that yeah. you do. Yeah you're the one that determines it. It's not about God just liked you one day better and gave you a lot of power that day. No, That's we're right. the ones that That's measure right. it. Amen.
0: Right.
1: When you're wired with power, yes. you're wired. The earth is wired with power, yes. Holy Ghost power. Yes. Naturally speaking, electrical power is in the atmosphere. But spiritually speaking, the Holy Ghost power is present yes. in the earth. The earth is wired with power, but better than that, you're wired with it. When did that happen? At the new birth. The Holy Ghost came in and wired us. Now let's not leave that power inactive while we struggle. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me if you would to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I remember years ago, I said something to God. I said, uh, I'm talking like, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, about almost 30 years ago. I said to God one day, I said, how come some days your your presence is stronger on me than other days? So it's like I'm, I'm saying like, what's up with you? <laughs> Why are you so inconsistent, you know, with this? And he said to me, Some days you yield better than other days. You get that? Power flows based on us, not based on Him. Now, uh, in the 90s, I believe it was the late 90s, my husband was doing a two-day meeting in Anaheim, California. He uh, had rented a, a ladies' auxiliary club, and so what it looked like was a small theater. So it's theater seating in a stage. And um, the second night of the, that meeting, he could not uh, sense what direction to go. And he kept waiting, you know, uh, and he kept having the, the soloist to keep singing. And finally the soloist said, I'm out of songs. You've had me sing so many songs. I'm out of songs. So Ed had the, the B3 organ gal come up. She played the B3 organ and, as soon as she started playing the organ, that the B3 has a separate Leslie cabinet. You know, uh, the speaker, it's, it's called a Leslie and it's separate from the organ. So you can set it at different locations on the, on the platform. And so the, the, the Leslie was off to the side of that B3 organ. And uh, so Ed was standing on the platform and she started playing and there started developing a cloud that he saw into the spirit realm and he saw this cloud start billowing out of that speaker. And as it did, it got more and more dense. And when it got completely dense, he said a leg, he said it looked like a mile long, a leg stepped out, and Jesus stepped out of that cloud and stood in front of him. And fire shot out of his eyes at at my husband. And he said to him, he said, you're not being skillful with the healing anointing. And then he stepped back into the cloud, and Ed's left there to have a meeting now. You know, after a a rebuke. (laughs) You know, you want to see Jesus, but mm, maybe not with fire shooting out of his (laughs) eyes, right? Now, specifically, Jesus was speaking to my husband about not being skillful with the healing anointing. But generally, he was speaking about lack of skill. Mm. Jesus wants us skillful with whatever, whatever we're anointed with, whatever right. we're called Amen. to. Every right. single one of us occupy a place yeah, in His right. body, that's and right. He wants us skillful, and it's not okay mm-hmm. to not be skillful with what we're born for. Amen. Yes, that's
0: right. It's
1: not okay and fire shot out of his eyes showing displeasure. I would rather hear my husband's testimony of that than me have my own testimony of that. You're the same way. You don't want to see that happen. You want to hear that lack of skill displeased Jesus and all of us say, okay, we're going to be good students. We're going to be good students. So he expected us. In saying that to my husband, it shows that he expects us to become skillful. He expects, expects us to get in places where we can learn these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's our job to go to places and people who know these flows and get under there and learn yes, them right. and become students that's and quit right. waiting for him to drop this knowledge right. on us, but get where we can be taught. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll lead us to the places. Yeah. That's right. But we can't just sit back and expect that he's going to dump these things on us. And so, how many of you know, with power available to us, this power will set anyone free. Mm-hmm, right. If they want to be free, right. it will that's set right. any, yeah. anyone yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah. It will heal anyone yeah. who will receive it. Yeah. It will put back body parts. Then it, with it being able to do such a great work, is it okay that we remain unskillful with it? No. Don't you al- couldn't we almost seem to say this? Is it a crime against humanity yeah. to have access to something that oh blesses God. humanity right. and not have the skill to bless them with wow. it?
0: Amen.
1: Wow. Amen. Yes. Jesus didn't give us this power just so we could say we got it yeah, that's right. That's right. or so we can say we feel it. That's right. So Ephesians chapter one verse sixteen, Paul in his writing, he says, I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers, I want you to see this word mention, making mention. If you release faith, a mention gets the job done. Yes, it does. If you don't release faith, you can pray for hours and not accomplish anything. Amen. Don't think that things had to be long and laborious. If faith is attached to it, it won't take long. Yeah. Making mention of you in my prayers, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is what he prayed for him for, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your spirit being enlightened, that you may know, this is what he's wanting him to know. Number one, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, Mm -hmm. that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he worked or wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now when he started talking about power that's... Now look, I love the wording here it says in verse 19, that you may know what is exceeding greatness of his power to usward. It's to us. We're the target of that power. God's people are the target of that power. And it's in our direction. It's available to us. Yeah. Yeah. To us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought. And then He goes on and tells what this power worked. What did this power work? It went down to hell and raised Jesus from hell. Uh, brought Him up and oh, yeah. seated Him right. at the right hand yeah. of the Father. Yeah. He's saying this is the power that's in your direction. Yeah. That's, right. That's, right. that's why He says, "This is." He's showing us this is what the power yeah. worked. Yeah. And this yeah. is the exact same power yeah. available to you. Yeah. Now become skillful with it. Yeah. Yeah. If it will do that for Jesus, what do you think Amen. it will do for us while we're Amen. on the earth? Yeah. Amen. 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 Now, I want us to look at really, let's pick apart a little bit these verses because the wording, some people might not have a full grasp really of what Paul is saying. And I don't say that I have a full grasp, but I do see some things that would help us see with clarity what he's saying. In verse 18, he makes the statement He says, That the eyes of your understanding or your spirit would be enlightened, Mm -hmm. that you may, number one, know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of His calling? It seems it, just as simply this, who you are in Christ. Right. The hope of what you're called to, it's who you are in Christ. He says, I pray that you would see who you are in Christ. The next phrase, that you would know what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. What does that mean? Basically, that you would know what you have because you're in Christ that you would know how rich you are, the wealth that belongs to you because you belong to him. And then in verse 19, that you may know what is exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Now notice this, what does that mean? Well, that because we belong to Christ and because we have what we already have, then this power helps us to be able to do some things. So, verse nineteen is basically that you may that you may know what you can do, because you got power in your direction. So, basically, he's saying this: I pray that you would see that God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation, that the eyes of your spirit that you would see who you are, what you have, and what you can do, who you are. What you have and what you can do, what you can go out and work with this power to bless people, not only bless your life, but change situations, bless a community, bless your local church because of what you can do. Say that with me. The, the three things, what is it? That you would know who, I am. who you are, what you have, and what you can do. So He expects us to be doing something with this power, not just sitting on it and saying, I got it. Accomplishing something, bearing fruit, situations changing. It's not okay for situations in our life that need changing to stay unchanged. It's not okay. It's not okay. Why? Because it cost him everything for us to have that power. And he showed us if that power can raise Jesus from the dead and seat him at his own right hand, think of what it can do for your insurance bill. Amen. 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 But yet what happens to us, we get in these mental processes. It's got to go through the mental process. When we've got power that can just slam that process all, all, all the way around. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love the wording. He says, What is the exceeding greatness of His power? Look at the, the adjectives heaped upon adjectives to describe this power. Exceeding greatness. Notice this this word exceeding means superior, it surpasses the power that is ours, that's in our direction. It's exceeding any other power—the power of fear, right. the power of sickness, on, the power of of, yeah. uh, 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 of of lack, the power right. of fear, whatever. Amen. Yeah. 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 This is a power that so far exceeds any other thing that ever comes against you and tries to yeah. and tries to boast a power against yeah. you. Yeah. 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 It exceeds everything, yeah. exceeding yeah. greatness. Yeah. Greatness. Uh, just the word, defi- the definition for the word greatness is this large and extreme in degree. Mm-hmm. Meaning, this, there's no limit to it. That's right, huh? It's extreme yeah. in degree. It keeps going to the extremities. You just keep going, and there's more of it. There's greater degrees. There's never an end to the g- degree of the power of God. You're not going to reach the end of it. Yeah. 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 And this is the power that's to us who believe. Look at this. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? Who believe? Who believe? You have to believe for this thing to work. You have to believe for this power to come into manifestation. It won't come into manifestation just because it exceeds everything. It won't come into manifestation just because it's greater than every other thing. But you have to believe to to cause this power to come into manifestation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love what when... Jesus said to Dad Hagan, he said, there is enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one if they only knew it's present and would give it action. Yes. Notice this. There are some extreme, horrific diseases in, ho- in, yes. in hospital rooms tonight. Yes. Things that are eating people's bodies away, eating their organs away, destroying yes their bodies, and this power far exceeds it. It's in the room. It's in the room with them. It's in the room with them. And it doesn't matter how close they are to death. That power in that room has, is more than enough to raise up. Jesus said it would raise up that sick one. It didn't ca- yeah. Jesus didn't care how close they were to death. Yeah. He didn't care how far how far that disease had progressed in the body. He said there's enough power in every sick room, in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. Yes. Yes. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: I heard the testimony of somebody, well, not a testimony, but a report, that when the AIDS... Uh, disease first started coming to the forefront, I don't know, maybe what, in the 80s or something that you first started hearing about this. And there was a little gal that she was, I think maybe in her 20s, and she had contracted AIDS from some kind of a medical procedure. They had done, you know, she had gotten it through a needle when they did some medical work or something on her, or maybe a blood transfusion or something, but it wasn't to any lifestyle she was living that caused it. It was just basically uh, an accident in the medical industry. And uh, she was the very first one documented to die of it. Well, she, uh, in, in the process of them trying to really figure out what it was because this was a new new diagnosis. And she had this death sentence on her head. And before she died, she said one night she was in her bedroom and she was praying and she said she felt physically someone, because she's laying there crying. You understand, she's a young gal. Her, she's got a deconence over her head. And uh, she said she physically felt someone climb into the bed with her and wrap their arms around her and just hold her. Well, was it Jesus? Quite possibly. My thought is this. He didn't just come to hold her. But see, when you don't know what to believe, at the time that power comes, she didn't know how to draw on it. You see, it's not enough to hear about the power. You have to become skillful with drawing on it. I I said this last night. I, I go to places, and every minister that ministers in the things of the Spirit will go to places. You go and you lay hands on people, and you can sense that anointing leave you, go right into them, come right back out. Why? Because they don't know how to receive it. It's not just up to power doing the work. It's up to us cooperating, being skillful at taking it in and receiving it in. You can't receive it in mentally. You receive it by faith with your spirit. You have to shut your mind down. You have to not try to figure it out. And it's such a, it's such a disappointment for me that when I minister to people in the heating line and half of them, that anointing went in and came right back out. Mm -hmm. You don't say it to them. You don't say it to them because you just leave it up to God to hopefully talk to them and deal with them after the meeting is over to encourage them to keep their faith going. But what happened, it doesn't matter that that she felt Mm -hmm. no doubt love and compassion come in her bed and Mm -hmm. wrap her up. It didn't raise her up because she didn't know how to receive it and do the right thing with it. God just doesn't want to say, I feel for you. He has power to change that situation. And it's not just us that should be saying, oh, I'll pray for you. Brother, we ought to be able to tap into some power and do some things. Now, then it it puts back the responsibility that we have a role in this, that we become skillful with that. When Brother Norville was telling us about a time when he... um, he was riding with Dad Hagen in a car and they were stopped at a stoplight. And in the crosswalk, there, a crippled man started working his way slowly across there. I don't know if he was in, on braces or on crutches or what. And Brother Norville said to Dad Hagin, said, Is it the will of God to heal that man? And Brother Hagin said, Yes, if someone will pay the price. Now what's he mean, if someone will pay the price? Didn't Jesus already pay the price for His healing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus paid the price for His healing, but we're going to have to pay the price to become skillful with what Jesus purchased. That's
0: right. yes. yeah. That's
1: right. It's not enough that He did His part. Man has His part to become skillful, to gain knowledge and wisdom to receive that. Yes. Amen. Yes. So we have a responsibility and a privilege. To become skillful with the power of God. Why? Because your family's going to need it. Yes. Your finances are going to need it. Your body's going to yeah. need it. Yeah. Your children are going to need it. Your future needs yeah. it. Yeah. The plan of God that He authored for you needs the power of God. It yeah. can't be carried out in the power of the, of the mind. Right. It's going to take the power of God to fulfill what you're born for. That's
0: right.
1: We have to become skillful with it. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 3, Acts chapter 6, in verse 3. Now, in verse 1, it starts talking about the increase that began happening in the church there. It says that there, became, there came a multiplication, an increase started happening. But notice what started happening uh, when the increase came. Strife tried to get in. Yes, it did. That there arose a murmuring uh-huh. that, the, that the Grecians, that their, their widows are being neglected in the daily ministration. So what do we see? that strife will destroy, increase. Yeah. Strife will keep the, shut the power of God down yeah. from flowing. Yeah. But notice what kind of strife over ethnic issues. Yeah. One race against another race. Yeah. I tell you what, don't you ever fall into that, that the media tries to pump out there. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, are there, are there people who don't think right? Sure, but that's not your, that's not your flow. Yeah.
0: That's right.
1: That's, that's not our problem. Yeah.
0: That's right.
1: And you have to understand the media pumps this stuff to create drama so they up their ratings. You understand that. You don't you can't fall into that. Because I want to tell you something. God opens doors no man can shut. Don't you wait for a man to open a door for you or give you the opportunity. You do the word and the word gives you every opportunity you'll ever need to succeed. You know, I've had over over 25 years of pastoring and I've had on several occasions, men would come to me before or after service, some even caught me in the hall and said, I, I just want you to know I don't, I don't believe in women preachers. And i say, me neither. Yeah. Me neither. I don't blame you. I don't believe in them either. Why? Well, it's not being a woman that's going to set anybody free. Yeah. I said, I don't believe in women preachers. I believe in anointed preachers. Yeah. I don't believe in man preachers either. I believe in anointed preachers. You being a man's not going to help me. You being a woman's not going to help me. You being white, you being black, you being brown, whatever, that's not going to help me. That has nothing to do with the flow that God has offered for us to live in. We're not that carnal that we measure everything by the outside. To be, to trip up over that is to trip up over what color car someone would drive. Yeah. Your, your, your skin color is just the color of car you're driving, baby. It's all it is.
0: Oh.
1: And people, people get into conflict over that. And they say, well, you know, I just didn't get a fair shake in life because of my color. Listen, God gives you every opportunity yeah. through the word that no success is withheld from anyone who will be a doer of the word. Don't, don't get caught up with what men do or do not do for you. God does so much for you that if man never does another thing for you, God's offered you all the success you need. Amen. Because I could get real, I could get into it over, you know, I'm a woman in ministry. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just trying to fulfill the will of God. That's it. Amen. You know, not every, if every, if something is a little bit different from someone else, people major on it. Why? And the devil tries to use that to trip you up. You think people congratulated Ed and I when we married and there was 20 years difference? Oh, brother, that was big talk for a while. I thought, that's so sad that that's the biggest thing you got to talk about. That's so sad. What I'm saying is this. Let those natural things go. I guarantee you, that if you'll be a doer of the word, nobody can keep you from the fullness that belongs to you. And it's not, well, my boss doesn't do this and my boss doesn't do that. Your boss is not the one who puts you over. Amen. God opens doors, no man can shut. And this is what tried to get into the early days of the church is this divisive thing to try to shut down increase. Yes. Amen. And, Amen. and uh, the disciples had the, the apostles had the formula of how to help shut this thing down. And in verse 3, because the, they, they, they said, we can't come out of what we're doing. We can't come out of our office of ministry. We can't come out, not because the work that needed to be done in the local church was beneath them, but because we can't do that and what we're called to do. Because I guarantee you, what you do in the the local church is not less than what I do. It's not less than. It's different, but it's not less than. We all need to do our part, and every part is needed. Amen. So you, you can never take, well, you know, they, they have an elevated position. Preachers that stand in the pulpit don't have an elevated position. They have a different position, but not elevated. Amen. 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 We're all just doing our part. We're all just obeying God. Amen. And whatever that part looks like, right. it looks different for each one. Amen. Amen. And, and, the, and the, the apostles said, no, we can't leave our part to come and do this part. Right. Not because it's beneath them but because we can't do everything. So this is what the solution by the Holy Ghost that they were given. In verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Notice this. The business was this, of feeding the widows. Mm -hmm serving the widows. That's the business. And he said, you got to be full of the Holy Ghost come on now. to even feed the widows. Why? Because when people weren't full of the Holy Ghost and they're feeding the widows, that's what we had right. was strife. Yeah, yeah, right. What's this mean? You get full of the Holy Ghost, you get rid of strife. Yeah. If there's strife, someone's not full. Praise the Lord. So he said they need to have three qualifications, an honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. And in saying this, he said to them, y'all look out, the congregation, you look out among yourselves, seven men, seven. I wonder if it was easy to find seven. I don't know. He said, you look out. He didn't say we're going to appoint someone. Why? Because I know this in leadership. When people are around the pastor, they always got their best foot forward. <laughs> so pastors don't always get a true read on how people are among with uh, with each other. Because they're always got their best foot forward, which is appropriate, but still those who live with each other every day and see each other at services, you know how, you know you know who's who's living the word and who who's just shouting loud about it.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory.
1: And so he said, y'all pick them out because they're going to be serving your people. Uh So you choose. Uh And so they chose, they chose. And it says in verse four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Uh Look at this, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. Now, in verse 8, it says this, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Here in verse 5, it says he was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. But in verse 8, he said he was full of faith and full of power. To be full of power is to be full of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. They're synonymous terms. So they used it interchangeably here. So notice this, because Stephen, he was full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Notice this, he's not a preacher. He was just picked out to serve tables. Notice this, the power is not just available to preachers to minister it. It's available to anyone who has faith for it and will attach their faith to it. Why? Because the power is in to usward who believes, not to usward who stand in the fivefold. It's to usward who believe. So if you believe that God can flow through you to bless others, you can not only receive your own help, but you can be used as a channel, an avenue to be a blessing to someone else. Amen. Amen. Now, notice this, it says about these other men, because He said select and choose seven of them. What was the criteria? They had to be, have an honest report, had to have, be full of the Holy Ghost, and full of wisdom. Notice this, all seven of them were full of the Holy Ghost. Do you know what this means? They were full of power. Yeah. But you know what? It doesn't say any of the other ones did any miracles and wonders among the people. They had the power to do it, but they didn't do it. Why not? It said something different about Stephen. He was full of faith. It just said the others had an honest report. They were full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom, but it had no reference to their faith. What's this let us know? That the faith is the match to the power. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith must be mixed with the power of God for it to do a work. It's not enough that power is present. Faith has to be mixed with it. Now, we know over in Hebrews chapter four, and I'll just quote it to you, chapter four, verse two, it says this, talking about the Hebrews that were delivered out of Egypt. It said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. What a sad statement. The word that was preached to them did not profit them. Why? It wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. It's not enough that the faith is in the preacher who's saying it. The faith has to be in the one who's hearing what's being said. Well, I could say this in every congregation. There's somebody not mixing faith yeah. with the word they're hearing. Yeah.
0: Amen.
1: Now, that shouldn't be us. Right. Yeah. Amen? Right. Yeah. If, if, uh, if we're not mixing faith with it, our lives are going to look the same. Next week, next month, right. next year, nothing changes. Yeah. We put no demand on anything. That's we just right. live in life and yeah. we just stroking through yeah. li- life like we've been doing, just doing yeah. the same old thing, That's ending right. up with the same old results uh-huh. and perfectly okay with it. Yeah. That's a lack of faith. That's right. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So if we're going to have, Jesus wants us to become skillful with His power, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to have faith in the power of God. Yes. And this is what Amen. Paul said, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, mm-hmm. but that your faith would stand in the power of God. Couldn't we say this? But that you would attach your faith to the power of God. Yes. Yes. Why? Because when the power of God has faith attached to it, things start changing. Yeah. Things come into manifestation. Yeah. We could read Hebrews 4 2 this way, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We could say this, but the power present did not profit them, mm. not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We could say that about us yes. today. Yes. That it's not enough that it's present. It's not enough that the word is preached. You have to mix faith with it. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And the day you mix faith with it is the right. day you get the power. Amen. The day you that's don't mix right. faith with it is the day the power doesn't move. That's right. Now that's why Oral Roberts made the statement, everyday miracles are coming to you, you're going past you. What stops at your faith? Yeah. When it comes, and when power in its movement sees faith, power stops. Why? Because God goes where faith puts him. Amen. Amen. I was, years ago, my youngest son Grant is 25 now, but when he was about three weeks old, Ed was on the road, and uh, I noticed his lungs didn't sound right when he would breathe. And so uh, I told Ed about it, and he said, you know, we'll take him to the doctor. So I I made an appointment and took him into the doctor, and uh, the doctor said to me, he said, does he have a fever? And I said, no, you can feel. I mean, he's, he has no, he's not warm or anything at all. And he said, well, you can't tell by just touching because with babies or anybody, sometimes if there's an infection or something within, the blood will go there. And so the extremities can feel cool, but really they're burning up because this blood is attacking and going after that infection if there's something in there. And uh, so they, they took his temperature and they said, this baby's fever is raging. And he he said, I am admitting him immediately. You drive from my office to the hospital right now. Don't you go home. You go straight to the hospital. I'm going to admit him. He said, there's something seriously wrong with him. And so uh, I drove over there and the nurses put us in a hospital room and there was a crib in there and there was a rocking chair and they came in and they put a little, you know, one of those little gowns open that are open on the back side. And... Uh, Then they came in after they did that and they said, the doctor just called and said he's been detained and said he won't be here for an hour and the nurse said, now he told us he said, do not do anything to the baby. Don't give him any kind of medication. He says, I need his symptoms in place to help diagnose the problem. If you give him something to alter the symptoms, I can't diagnose what's the matter. So don't do anything to him to lower his fever. He said, I know his fever is dangerous as high, but don't do anything. I've got to get there first. And so uh, he said it would be about an hour. So the nurses said that we're not ignoring you. He's told us not to do anything. And so I said, okay. So uh, they left the room and I picked Grant up out of the, out of the, uh, the bed. And I went over and sat in the, uh, the rocking chair with him. And I was just holding him and I said, now, uh, Jesus, you spoke to the prophet of God. The Bible said, believe the prophets and you'll prosper. I believe you spoke to the prophet of God, Dad Hagen, When you said there's enough power in every sick room, and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one. I said, Jesus, I'm in one of those rooms. I'm in one of those rooms. And I said, so I know there's enough power to raise him up. And I said, so you said that number one, you have to know it's present. I said, Jesus, I know it's present. It's present in the room. It's present in me. I know it's present and it's present to do a work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, pastors and ministers have to learn this. When the power of God is present in a service, mm-hmm. it's to do a work. It's not just so we can say we felt something. Yeah. Yeah. It's to accomplish something.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, so I said, I know that power is present, and it's here to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I not only know it's power, it's present, I give it action. So I speak for the power that's present. You go into my baby's body. From the top of the head to the soles of the feet, you go all the way through. You drive out any condition. You drive out any infection. You drive out every symptom. You drive out every pain. You drive out the fever. I speak that the power of God does a work and makes him whole. And see, what am I doing? I'm striking that power with faith. When you strike it with faith, it begins to flow. Remember what I said earlier? Every time you release your faith, power always Always. flows. Always, always. Always. Whether you feel it or whether you see it or not, doesn't matter. It always flows. It only took me maybe 30 seconds to pray a prayer like that. Now, for the rest of the time, I'm giving that... I'm giving God that opportunity and power, that opportunity to work. You say, "Well, uh, see," and Dad Hagen used to warn us about this. He says, "Don't confine God to the spectacular and miss the supernatural." What's he mean by that? Some people want an instantaneous and they miss that the supernatural because sometimes it's a process and it just begins working and works a cure. Yes. And people think, well, because it didn't, I didn't see something change instantly, it must not be doing the work. Yeah. That would be like taking an aspirin and the moment you swallow it, say, well, that didn't work.
0: Wow. <laughs> right. yeah. That's
1: good. You give it time to yeah, go yeah, throughout the system yeah, and do a work. Right. The power of God is the same way. You have to give it time to do a work. It can do a quick work or it can take a, a, a little bit of a process. That that should not be what we're occupied with. That's right. That's right. When you're believing God, you better forget the clock and the calendar.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You better, you better put your clock and calendar away and quit talking about when and how long because faith is not is not concerned about the passing of time. Faith holds on and faith refuses. It holds fast and it refuses to let go until that thing is in manifestation. Thank you, Lord. Amen. To start asking when and how long is a sign you're in the mental arena. Yes, that's
0: correct.
1: You're not in the faith arena. Whenever you say, when's the money going to come? How long is it going to take? You're in the mental arena. Questions are of the mental arena. There is no question in God's realm. It's all answers. It's all answers. So if we're going, how come this happened to me? When's this going to change? How come it's taken so long? What way is God going to use? How's He going to bring the money? How's He going to do this? How's He going to do that? You're not in the faith arena, you're in the mental arena. You say, how do you know? I've been there, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, yeah. this is what this is what you have to learn to be skillful yeah. with the power yeah. of God. Yeah. Do not yeah. allow your mind to chase yeah. these rabbit questions. Yeah. You ever yeah. seen? You turn on the light at night, at least in my yard, you can turn on the light and the rabbits start scattering. That's exactly what happens. So many times, people just, this rabbit, or this question, and you get that one answered. There's another one, and the devil will just mm. keep throwing all yeah. these questions to keep you in, entrenched in that mental arena. Yeah. Why? He wants to keep you out of the faith arena. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't sit, I I did not even let my mind touch Mm -hmm. on how long is this going to take. I can't even touch that in my thought life. Mm -hmm. My job is just simply believe. My job is not to know when, know how, or the method or anything else. My job is just to believe and let God work it the way He chooses to work it. Now, let me tell you the way He's going to choose to work it, the way that's best for your faith. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Meaning this, if you're a clock watcher, <laughs> he's going to train you to quit watching the clock. and He may give you a little bit of time to learn that. Yeah. If you're a clock watcher, it's going to take longer for your manifestation to show up because he's, got, he's not going to cooperate with clock watching. Yeah. He's going to teach you, that's not the method I work by. All right. All right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The quicker you quit watching your clock, the quicker your manifestation can come. Thank you. Amen. If you're a complainer, it's going to take longer for you. Uh, Why? Count it all joy. Yeah, when t- yeah, t- the quicker you get into it joy, the quicker hard, you get out hard. of that situation. Right. But if God sees that you need some skill with some some part of your faith, yeah. He's going to give you the opportunity to have that skill developed. Yes,
0: yeah, will.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. Is he withholding and prolonging? No, but wrong thinking, yeah. pr- it delays. Yeah. Yeah. So it only took me maybe, maybe 30 seconds or so to pray what I prayed in English. And I didn't keep praying it over and over and over and over. You see, I struck that power with my faith. Now I'm giving it time to work. What am I going to do during the time I, from the time I pray to the time of manifestation? That's where the bulk of the time is. And this is where people start aborting and derailing from faith is through the passing of time. They can't feel the power. They can't see evidence of the power. And so they stop holding their faith on it. Yeah. And they let go of the hold. They don't hold the same way. Yeah. Let me tell you what kind of hold you got to have. Have you ever seen two toddlers after the same toy? Oh,
0: my yes. God. <laughs>
1: You ever yes. seen it? Yes. Whether nieces, nephews, grandkids, oh, or something, yeah. and one's got it, and the other comes up and says, I see what you got, and I want it, and I tell you, the squeal is on. And I mean, the jerking and the yanking, it's on, right? And I mean, you can have a sweet little passive baby girl that's just so sweet, but some, some, little, guy, some little boy comes up to take her toy, I mean, all of a sudden, she becomes what she never was. Right? to keep that toy, that's exactly the way you gotta be. Because when thoughts come, that tries to jerk something out of the flow that belongs to you. Trying to take something from you, and brother, you better clamp down your hold, strengthen your hold on that. Can I tell you how you strengthen your hold? Praise and thanksgiving and worship strengthens your hold on something. It do, you don't strengthen your hold by praying the same thing over and over and over because you're afraid it's not working. That's good. You strengthen your hold by saying, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that your power's working. And when the devil says, how long? It doesn't matter how long, devil. It's working right now.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Now, can I tell you where a lot of people miss it? The verse, Colossians chapter four, verse two, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. One day God told me years ago, he said, you're missing it in your prayer life. I said, in what way? I mean, I was spending hours a day, you know, praying in tongues and endeavoring to develop in my prayer life. And he said, you're missing it in this verse. It says, continue in prayer and watch over, watching the same with thanksgiving. He said, once you've prayed, you've got to watch over that prayer until it's fulfilled with thanksgiving. He said, you're just praying it and then walking off and leaving it. You're not watching over it with thanksgiving. You're not watching. Oh, he says, continue in prayer. Yeah. Do you know you, you, if we could say this, if you're going to pray the prayer of faith for something you need to receive, maybe you need $10,000. You pray the prayer of faith to release your faith. Yeah. Well, and you're going to continue in prayer, but you're not going to continue with the prayer of faith. You're going to continue with the prayer of praise and worship. Now, because that's the same... That's still... You're still going to have faith. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying you're not going to continue asking under the Spirit, under the prayer of faith. Now you're going to switch over to the prayer of praise and thanksgiving, the prayer of praise and worship. And it says, continue in prayer and watch over, or watch in the same... Watch over what you requested with thanksgiving. So what did I do after I released my faith? I prayed the prayer of faith in that hospital room. After I did that, for the next almost hour, all I did was thank you, Father, that that power is working. I worship you, Father. Could my mind have gone a lot of different directions, conjuring up and imagining the worst? Sure, but I outtalked talked it. Yeah. With what? With worship. With worship. At that time, now don't misunderstand me. There are times that the Holy Ghost may lead you to pray in tongues at that time. I didn't want to pray in tongues at that time. You want to know why? Because when you speak in other tongues, your understanding is unfruitful. Tongues bypasses your mind. It doesn't involve your mind. So while you're praying in tongues, you can hear all kinds of assault against your mind. Yes, you can. You can hear all kinds of thoughts coming against your mind. I needed my mind occupied. So what did I do? Uh, praise and worship involved not just my spirit, but my mind That's and good. my faith. Yeah. And I'm not diminishing praying in tongues. Please do, please understand me. But I'm saying at a time when your mind is under assault, you don't need your mind bypassed. You need your mind involved in focusing and praising and worshiping God helps hold your mind to where it's not dragging you out of the faith arena. And so for over an hour, almost an hour, all I did, praise the Lord. Father, I thank you that power's working. I thank you that it's working from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you so much. And not in a panic trying to get it to work. You see, it's already present. I've, I've slipped over into resting on the power that was present, that's released and working. I'm resting on that as I worship. I'm not trying to talk God into it. I'm resting on it. I believe it's working now. Thank you, Father. Thank you that it's working. Thank you that it's working. At about the end of an hour, the doctor came in and he said, uh, well, let, you know, let me examine him. And he examined him. He did all the things he did before. And he said, there's nothing wrong with this baby.
0: Yeah.
1: I said, it only took an hour. Only took, a, well, it could have it been quicker. It was an hour until he could come in and give the diagnosis. What was that? The power that was present in that hospital room was waiting for faith to show up. The power that's in every location of this earth is waiting on something. It's waiting on faith. It's not waiting on God. It's not waiting God to do something. Oh God, won't you do something about my situation? The power is waiting on your faith to show up. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What does that mean? Your victory is waiting for your faith to show up.
0: That's right. That's good. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether or not we have answers depends on what we're doing with the power that's present. It's not about getting God to send power. He already sent power. You got it in you. You got it on you. You got it around you. And if you need something more, just use up everything around you. And if you needed something more, he'd give you something more. But I guarantee you, you'll never use up everything around you. And everything that's in you. Amen. Are you helped tonight?